What's up, what's up, it's your girl, Queen Sheba, and thank you for listening to my podcast. Shout out to my listeners that have been listening to me since day one, since day, since day one. I really appreciate it, and shout out to all my new listeners, and welcome to my podcast. So this is going to be a super great podcast, so basically I am going to be talking about and today we're going to talk about this book color law i love the color law i have been reading it i'm actually on page 68 uh we might i might jump around this book uh, but i'm gonna try not to i'm trying to put everything in order so you know i can stay on track and you can stay on track but um i'm on chapter two right now and it says public housing black ghettos okay And it also has a picture of Detroit, 1943. A family moves into a segregated truth public housing project having withstood equivalent by the federal officials and writing by white neighbor residents. That is amazing. I didn't know all this happened. Um, I'm really not a history buff, but when I found out like I, I just ordered this book on a random. I was like, I need to read books more. So I just, I seen the page, the the cover. I was like, oh my goodness, it's so pretty. But actually, this book has a lot of information in here about how they treated African Americans and minorities, and um, it's super sad how they treated African Americans and minorities. Like it's, it's. I when I when we go through this book together, you're gonna be like, what? You know, if you're not a big history buff, but, you know, stuff like this really interests you, trust and believe. This is going to interest you more, okay? So, in Chapter 2, it talks about public housing and black ghettos. Um, So, it says, most Americans have an image of public housing groups of high-rise towers with few amenities like playgrounds or parks. Packed next to one another in a central city neighborhood plagued by crime and drugs and filled with black or Hispanic mothers and their children. It is mostly an accurate image even today. But it couldn't be further from the reality of public housing when it began in the mid 20th century. At that time, public housing was mostly for working in lower middle class white families. Um, Something that... I am super surprised. So basically, it started off being for lower and middle class white families. Uh, But what about the other families? What about the Hispanic families? What about the African-American families? What about the Asian families? Why was this resource only assigned to one race? I never got that. And I'm probably never going to. Never going to. (laughs) So it says in New York City, um, as unusual large share of public housing units are in high rise building, but three high rise buildings are inhabited by people of all races, ethnic and social classes. This is not true elsewhere. Most public housing projects consist of garden apartments, low rise walk ups and single family homes or townhomes. The federal government stopped funding high-rise public housing in 1970, and the share of units in high-rise have been steadily, steadily declining. Um, I just, I'm still stuck on the fact that, um, 
that it was only assigned for one race to experience public housing. Like, how is that fair? Like, I I never, before we get on the next page of chapter two, I just never understood the hate that um, people had for African-Americans back in the day. Like, it was pure evil hatred. And... You know, I just don't understand. You know, they hate us so much. They hate African Americans so much. Even though I don't like to say African American, I like to say brown. But they hated African Americans so much that they tried. They stopped us from getting housing, and we weren't even back then when it began. It was only offered to white middle class. And lower class white families. It wasn't offered to anyone else. And I just don't understand how back then those humans could even live with themselves, even treating people like this. I'm just sorry. So 